Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Well, it is political season in full swing. 46 days to the November 8th election. Coming up next month on October the 14th, I'm actually going to be moderating Utah's second congressional district debate down at Southern Utah University. And of course, that will be between the traditional ones we often think about, the Democrat Nick Mitchell, uh, incumbent Republican Chris Stewart, and a third candidate has qualified for the debate stage, Cassie Easley of the Constitution Party. And we're very excited to have Cassie on the program for the first time, learn a little bit about her and her campaign. Cassie, welcome to Inside Sources. Thank you, Boyd. Um, I'm glad to be here. So give us just a, a little background. Give us a little bit of your story, and uh, then we'll jump into your campaign and uh, what we expect to see down the home stretch. Um, well, um, I'm just... A normal person. Um, I'm a mom. I'm grandma. Um, I'm recently widowed. My husband died last month. And so I had already decided I was going to run for Congress. And I wanted to be the person that stands up and represents the normal person in the state of Utah, because I don't think that as a people we're being represented by the politicians. We need somebody that's a normal person that's going to represent normal people. Uh, well, I uh, so, one condolences on the loss uh, of your husband. Uh, we always say it is uh, it is a major challenge to throw your hat into the ring and uh, put yourself into the ring of a campaign, uh, and to do that uh, on the back end of of that kind of loss is uh, is heroic, and it is the kind of courage that we need more of uh, in our leaders uh, and in our society as a whole. Uh, so, Cassie, as you as you look at this particular race, uh, you you mentioned. Uh, not feeling that the average person, the regular people, are are being represented well. Uh, give us a, a sense of your vision. What are the things that are most important to you uh, in terms of principles uh, as you look at this campaign? Um, the principles that I stand on are the Constitution. Um, I That is my platform, is a constitutional government. I see that... Re- as things go through the years, we have the Democrats in office and things go way far to the left. Then the Republicans get back into office and it doesn't go farther left, but it doesn't go back to the right. And they claim to be conservative and they aren't restoring what has been taken away when the left is in office. So we have this slide and then a stop. And then it starts sliding again, and we keep getting farther and farther away from the constitutional principles that this country was founded on. And a lot of the big 
problems I have are like the special interest groups. If we went by the Constitution, we would have a consistent government where no special interest groups based on anything that they would want is getting more attention than any other individual because we are all in this together as a country and we don't see everybody's rights being treated equally. I think um, we have the we have the big problem with um, gun control, but who is it really controlling? It's only controlling people that do things legally, but we still keep adding more and more to it. Whereas we, on the other side of it, we have people that are very liberal in their ideals and things keep getting more attention. And we pass laws that restrict um, first amendment rights, like speech by how we address people. And, I, there's just no balance to it, and we should have a consistent, balanced government, and, and I don't see that anymore. Uh, I think the uh, the special, special interest is such an important part of that, where the uh, the wealthy and the well-connected and those who can afford to have a, an army of lawyers and, and lobbyists uh, do tend to get that special treatment or a special interest. That's where it comes from uh, because of what they're able to do there, and, and having that more uh, transparency uh, is such a vital part of it. As you as you look at the second congressional district, uh, it, it has to be one of the most uh, unique congressional districts in the country. It basically runs the length of the the state of Utah, and so it has very interesting uh, subsets of people to represent from city to rural. Uh, what are some of the things as you've been traveling around, as you've been campaigning? What are you hearing from the people of the second congressional district? Um. Mainly um, because I'm in the southern area, we're more rural, so um, they have a lot of ideology like I do, that that um, we have very common liberty ideas. Um, when I go up into the cities, they're more concerned about um, more, uh, how do I put it, I they're more interested in um, city aspects of things. Um, Whereas we're worried more about liberty down here, they're more worried about um, passing laws that will help them um, be able to do things better within a city structure. And um, I did grow up in the city. My dad was in the Navy, so I was always around Navy bases, which is always a big city. So I understand what um, a lot of what they're looking for. Um, a lot of it, though, is more at a state level than a federal level, mm. I, I believe, is what they're talking about. And that that's where I feel like I'd love to help with that. But that's more of a issue that um, the state representatives are the ones that you need to go to about that, because it's outside the scope of the Constitution, which is the only scope that the federal government's really supposed to be pushing on um what they do within an individual state. Right. And I think that there's some disconnect on what the federal government is supposed to do within a state. Yeah. So, so, so I'm, I'm still trying to get a, a, a better grasp on what it is that I can do that is more um, federally based than um, a state-based issue. And that's what most people are talking about are state-based issues. Yeah, and that's uh, that's such an interesting thing that uh, separation of powers becomes uh, so interesting and, and what is done at the federal level versus what's done at the those laboratory of democracies at the, at the state level. Uh, just real quickly, I'm going to sneak in one extra question here, uh, and that is uh, okay. project yourself forward. If you were on the floor of the, the House of Representatives, what's one of the first things you would want to do to represent Utah's 2nd Congressional District? 
Oh, my. Um, there's so many different things that are out there that, that need fixing. I think the first thing I would do at, at this coming up Congress is um, they recently, this week, passed a bill about the Electoral College, which is, a, which is part of the Constitution. And when you try to change the Constitution, you can't do it with just a bill. You can't do it with a House bill. And so they're passing laws in an unconstitutional way, and they need to be called to t- – the other people in Congress need to be called to task on that, that you can't just pass a bill and change the Constitution. Oh. And that's what they did this week, and there's just things like that that need to be addressed right away so that people know their proper role. And, and I don't think that um, – the people in Congress right now are sticking to the proper role of what they're supposed to be doing, and they're just trying to do everything they just want, not what they're supposed to do. So that would be the first thing I started addressing, would be their proper role and to kind of chastise and get in line and pass, not necessarily try to pass things, but to bring to the attention so that um, it can be stopped so that the people have their rights back. Yeah. Okay, Cassie Easley currently running for Congress in Utah's 2nd Congressional District. Uh, She will join uh, her opponents, Democrat Nick Mitchell, Republican Chris Stewart, the incumbent. Uh, We'll all be together on the stage October 14th down at Southern Utah University. Cassie, we appreciate you coming on the program today. We look forward to having more conversations both on the show and down at SUU on October 14th. Uh, Good luck on the campaign trail, and uh, we'll be talking to you again real soon. Okay, thank you very much. You have a great day. All right. Uh, Again, that's Cassie Easley. She's currently running for Congress in Utah's 2nd Congressional District. And by the debate commission rules, she reached that threshold uh, number uh, to qualify for the campaign stage. She is a member of the Constitution Party, and uh, we're excited to have her be part of that crucial conversation uh, coming up on October the 14th. And uh, that's going to wrap us up for uh, hour number one of Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. We'll have top of the hour news. Hour number two coming up next. Stick around. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.